Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the P. One podcast with Matt and Tommy. Today, we're going to be talking about the Austrian Grand Prix sprint race shenanigans. And my goodness me, we have got a lot to talk about, a lot of excitement. Uh, but before we do, um, we both thought it was a good idea to just share a few words of respect for the tragic loss uh, of 18-year-old Delano Van't Hoff, who lost their life uh, at Spa today racing in Frecker. Uh, there's not really many words that you can actually say on this matter apart from the fact that we fully share our thoughts and our condolences towards uh, the family the friends that have suffered uh, today um, 18 years old like it is absolutely tragic um, but I don't I, I didn't feel comfortable not saying something at the top of this podcast because I felt like it it deserved uh, to be there um, so yeah just such such sad news yeah really sad and uh a horrible tragic reminder that motorsport uh this sport we love is also you know incredibly dangerous no matter what uh they do to to safety there's always be um sadly you know we've had these these kind of accidents and um yeah uh horrible horrible stuff and um yeah much respect to um thoughts with his friends and family as well Absolutely. Okay, so uh, we're now going to move to our five-star review, uh, which comes in from Issa underscore May from the UK, uh, and try and you know remain upbeat for the rest of this podcast because we've got a lot of exciting things to talk about. Uh, so this comes in from Issa May, as I say. Uh, gave a few F1 podcasts a go over the years, but they tended to be either lots of fun but lacking in insight, or plenty of insight but a bit stale. Matt and Tommy have found the perfect balance of being completely stale and lacking in insight. No, she didn't, they didn't say that part, but... <laughs> <laughs> uh, keep them coming, says Isabel. Thank you so much. I'm glad you enjoyed the podcast. If you want yours to be read out, please leave a five-star review uh, and let us know why. We do read all of them. So uh, thank you so much. Right, let's start with a very simple question then, shall we? From at Lenny Weon 18. Was it the best race of the season? Yes. yes. <laughs> Wowee. What was it? 20 laps? 20 yeah. laps, 24, 24 laps, laps, 24 laps. And we had scintillating action. Can you imagine saying that this was the best race of the season? Not just purely because it was a sprint, but by the fact Max Verstappen won by 20 seconds. <laughs> In a sprint. <laughs> Literally a second a lap uh, quicker than everyone else. Uh, won by a massive margin in a very short race. And it was, it was the best, um, best race of the season, even though it was a sprint. And um, look, me and you would have gone into today we spoke about it a lot in our watch along very much expecting to you know uh be a bit moody after uh, the the sprint because we don't like the the new format um but that delivered but uh, there are reasons why um it did which we'll go into in a bit you're so angry because you were so ready to just rip the no, life out of this Saturday sprint format. Race. i'm yes, actually happy yeah, true. Entertainment. are you going to save your sprint 
um, nagging for another time? Or? Uh, no, it's coming next. Okay, perfect. Okay. <laughs> coming next. <laughs> Find out after the break. Okay, question from at Librarian Bert. Are we now sold on sprint races, or is it a case of rain equals epic sprint race? Yes, I think that's the, the key differential here, is that Saturday sprint shootout shenanigans, constant dopamine, TikTok generation, short explosion, woo, yay, ha-ha, love stuff, that's still the problem. The good thing was that we had a short race, we had changeable conditions. It was literally the perfect changeable condition race where it's it was wet, it was tricky, it was slippery, and then with about 10 or so laps to go, it started to develop and evolve into a dry race so, so some drivers risked it and it was almost perfect in terms of the crossover Hulkenberg of course pit he pretty much surged back through the field to where he was when he did pit so it was it was epic it was just it was just the conditions suited what we had in front of us it did and I would argue that it's not even like this person suggests rain equals epic sprint race because if it was enters the whole way or you know, a full wet race the whole way, it might not have been as good. But this shows what we've been saying every time we go into the sprint race. We could have this every sprint and it would be an enjoyable format if you just had a pit stop and even better, a borderline pit stop. You know, if we went into the sprint knowing that Lando said, it, I'm pretty sure after the very first sprint race, introduced a hyper 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 soft tire that's going to absolutely shred itself and maybe last 22 laps of a 24 lap race then you go into that race knowing that some people are going to go you know what i will gamble i'll take a pit stop charles leclerc in that f2 race you know uh way back when when he pitted for the for the softs and f went through the field and it was awesome we could have that. This to me shows, you know, I'm not going to sit here and go, yes, the sprint's the best thing ever now because we had that one good race. If anything, it showed that this is the way to go. You need a strategy element and it can be enjoyable if there's some kind of strategy. Okay, well, I'm now going to put my hat on as Pirelli ambassador here and say, yeah. how dare you, Tom Bellingham, try and get us to create a 22-lap tyre that lasts <laughs> the exact time you want for it to become a chaotic race. What I would then say back to the Pirelli ambassador, so now I am back in your shoes, Tommy, is, look, we don't need this miraculous tyre. We just need different tyres yeah. to what we will see on Sunday. And therefore, we will not... So, like, now, we've, we've had our Saturday action. Wow, wasn't that fun? We then go into Sunday, and we don't know what's going to happen necessarily, apart from, obviously, Max Verstappen being inevitable, yada, yada, yada. We don't know the exact stint length of a medium, whether the Ferraris are going to fall off, whether Max is going to clear off into the distance at three seconds a lap. We don't know any of that because we had the wet weather conditions. But that also would work with dry if we had different tyre compounds available to us. So, yeah, I, I, I would love your scenario, Tommy, but it's not going to happen. I know it's what not we as can do is easily implement different tyres. We've got C... We've got six different compounded dry tyres, haven't we? Is that C0 all the way to C5? Because now there's C0. Anyway, you know, they've got other tyres that they can whip out. So just whip them out, you know what I mean? <laughs> this is what I mean. Like They're just really degrading tyres would actually work really well for this. I, obviously, you know, I'm, I'm 
you're never going to be able to build the perfect tire like you were saying that that is exactly the length because they'd have to essentially run a whole grand prix and then find out exactly how long it's going to last and there's so many different scenarios because this showed that it was just perfect but you know degrading tires could make it still really good so um it just shows some kind of strategy makes it good and you know if we have if I just hope F1 learn from this and they don't go into the next, which they will, they'll go into the next sprint and go, right, because when we have a dry sprint again, it's going to be terrible because there's no variable or interesting strategy element. Like looking at the the order at the end, it's so refreshing to see the tyres and it's like inter, 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 medium, inter, soft, inter, soft, like people finishing in different positions on different tyres. Sign me up. I can just imagine Formula One sat down after a long, hard day and they turn on a bit of P1 with Matt and Tommy and they're like, <laughs> no way can they have a go at the format after today's action. But it's and we're not like, the format. it proves <laughs> that it's wrong <laughs> at the moment. It is a weird thing, though, that that race proved that the format is wrong but mm. can be good because we won't with get one that. one simple but solution. It is literally one simple solution. We... I can't remember. Where's the next sprint? Is it? I can't actually remember. <laughs> I don't actually know. But basically, the next sprint, we go into that, and it will be, I think, is it Spa? I think it's Spa. So we go into the next sprint race, and if it's just a normal dry race, you're not going to have any strategy elements or anything different. So, um, And then we just go back to what we're going to do, uh, what we were originally going to do, and just say that it's not not particularly great. But it was really good. It certainly was. Uh, the yeah, the next one is Spa, then it's yeah. Qatar, then it's the USGP at Austin, and then it's the Sao Paulo. Okay. So six sprints, everybody. Strap yourselves in. Uh, right, let's actually speak about the race itself, shall we? And the beginning. Because it got a little bit tasty. Verstappen versus Perez. Mm. Of course, off the line, you had Verstappen looking like, well, it looked like Perez got a good initial launch. Then Verstappen got a nice launch. And then Perez got a nicer, nicer launch. It was a strange, we were like, ah, oh, it's done. And then the camera angle changed and Perez was going up the inside. And we were like, okay. Then he went wide, bottled it. Then squeezed Max, didn't he? Gave it a little squeeze, which he didn't see him. He oh, did yeah. not see him. And then gave him the place back. Did you hear that? After the, the interview, <laughs> the post-race interview, tried to claim he gave the position back, when in fact it was Max Verstappen yeeting it up the inside. And that's 2021 Verstappen right there. Yeah, seven car lengths back. Yeah, yeah. Sends it fuming. Perez on the radio. Wow, what's wrong with Max? <laughs> but I gave him the place back. <laughs> Yeah, I, I'm terrible for... I call myself a Max Verstappen fan uh, and I can't believe in the podcast that I was going. Yeah, so uh, in the prediction podcast, I said, you know, Perez jumps him off the line, gets into the lead and Max goes, oh, go on, Perez, you can have this. And then uh, why did I think that? It's Max Verstappen. Of course, he just wants to win everything. I got his elbows out. Um, yeah, Perez, the, 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 the way that track goes wide and then thins if you like um it 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 was it did maybe look worse than it was um but i don't think perez didn't know where he was at all that's a load of rubbish Uh, and then to say that he let him through uh when it was a big old uh dive bomb but um yeah it got a bit fruity on the radio as well didn't it they were calling each other out going what are they doing what are they doing um which is nice because uh the last few races um we, we we at least saw 
three laps of two Red Bulls battling or two laps or whatever it was, um, rather than Verstappen being first and Perez being down the back. That's tomorrow. <laughs> it certainly is. Uh, Perez got a taste of what he could have had tomorrow, but, uh, but he won't. I, I just need to talk about that dive bomb. How's Perez getting overtaken from that far back? I've got, I've got to. I, part of it is Max getting a little bit hot under the collar, and it gave me very much like Saudi turn one sort of vibe, or like you know, just yeah, you've full got dive to go. bomb. Yeah. I'm having this place because people would argue like, you know, where where's Perez supposed to go? It, it had hallmarks of like his dive bomb on Hamilton in 2021 Abu Dhabi, where Hamilton had nowhere to go. Hamilton then steamed over the you know the inside of turn whatever it was after the hairpin. Um, so there were a few people going, oh, did did Max deserve a penalty for for that? It was borderline. If he'd if he'd hit Perez or pushed him any further, it had the hallmarks of Rosberg versus Hamilton and how far Nico squeezed him. But I think it was just about fair play. Yeah, it was it was pretty close. I mean, there was that famous incident with Rosberg, wasn't there? That like you're saying that goes straight on, and he he just wasn't turning into the corner. Verstappen just made the corner, but it looked like Rosberg had absolutely, you know, he was he was going straight on to. Belgium or whatever like on that bit and would, would have just carried on until Hamilton decided to turn um but this is the thing like Verstappen it's, it's a big send it's a it's a massive it's an send. unbelievable send it actually. is actually when unbelievable. you actually look if you watch that back how he has slowed that down and made the corner is beyond me and cover your ears Matt because you'll be going boohoo oh you must be gutted that Verstappen uh you know winning every single race but uh, that's the Verstappen I miss because that's what I want to see. I don't want him to win every race by 20 seconds. Like that, he's an exciting driver, whether you love him or hate him, uh, and the way he drives. But, <laughs> but you know, how much better is Formula One when we With see stuff like that? Yeah, it's, it's so and much that, better. That, well, it is. That race and was really good. Lead. And dare I say, that race was actually really good. Even like we were saying at the start, Max won by 20 seconds because there was so much action going on everywhere else. You yeah, kind of forgot was, about Verstappen. It was like it kept us entertained all the way through. So it, was it like, certainly did. This uh, it was constant. Um, question from Sam Garanfoli: Is the tension in the Red Bull team getting higher now after today's sprint? Who was at fault in the different situations between the two? Perez was definitely more at fault if you collectively look at both of them. Like Perez was more in the wrong by squeezing him onto the grass. Uh, it almost yeah. Then Verstappen just gave him gave it back a little bit, uh, a little bit rude. Um, but it was. All fair in love and war, really, uh, in my opinion. Overall, there was no penalties deserved. I, I think I believe Checo in the fact that he potentially didn't see him, but I don't think he made much of an effort to see him, potentially. <laughs> um, so, And in terms of the tension, I don't think there is any. You know, They had a conversation afterwards. Perhaps there would have been more tension if Sergio Perez had won that sprint race and Max hadn't won by 20 seconds. I don't think Max would have let that go maybe as, as easily. And then we'd see like nine months down the line that Max will do something and go, this is for... This is for Austria 2023 sprint race. <laughs> Imagine when Perez is trying to, oh, he really wants to finish fifth in the title. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, the uh, the way it panned out showed that to me, yeah, it's a different situation and it, tensions aren't going to run high because dare I say that, you know, 
Verstappen is so far clear of Perez now and uh, the way the the championship's gone and stuff um, and the way tomorrow, you know, Perez is going to be starting absolutely nowhere near him. But it does just show that when they do start the front together and you know, Perez gets a good start and Max things is racing happen. someone, things can happen. And Max Verstappen is one of those drivers that it's very easy to go, oh, he's matured so much and he doesn't really, you know, bang wheels and do all this kind of stuff. But the second he's in racing, he will do it again. And, yeah. he w- and it happens every time he's racing or it happened with, you know, George at uh, Baku and stuff like that. Um, the only reason that we're kind of this, oh, he's, he's so much more calm and matured now is because he's 25 seconds up the road in a sprint race and doesn't have anyone to race. But you give a bit of wheel-to-wheel battling and he's getting his elbows out and absolutely sending it from eight car lengths back. And I think it's fair, the comparisons we made previously about the fact of you know how Verstappen fights Hamilton is different to how we saw last year with Verstappen versus Leclerc. But the difference is Leclerc is very much a, no, you can have some room, my friend. Because if Verstappen's given room, I don't think he acts up. But the minute that there is any kind of squeeze. He's like, well, get squeezed times 10. <laughs> and then that's when the crashes happen. That's just his driving style. He's proper um, eye for an eye, isn't he? With his, yeah, 100%. Yeah. You know that's been instilled in him since, uh, you know, since a, a well, very Well, look at the thing age. you referenced earlier. You know, he, he went back to Monaco 2020 at the end of the season when it didn't matter in any stretch just to be like... Sorry, 2022. I always you say twi- that. I, I do. I, that date, I'm just not allowed to ever say it correctly, for God's sake. But, but yeah, he is proper like eye for an eye drive. You know, you, you squeeze him wide and he's like, well, I'll squeeze you more at the next corner. Um, yeah, literally. He, and he, he is one of those drivers, uh, and every F1 driver is guilty of it, that, um, you know, people complain when you get raced hard and then someone does it to him and he's like, what are you doing? Um, but every every especially every really good f1 driver is a is a hypocrite and uh it's just part of their game isn't it i love it because he's like oh um you know we could have had a massive crash at turn two <laughs> which is obviously the small kink so he's like how i'll rectify this is a massive dive bomb at turn three. <laughs> yeah <laughs> to the point where he slammed the brakes so hard oh, i'll go into this i think next that i think it might have i think lando was so close to hitting the back of verstappen he had to, you know, hit the brakes so hard. I think maybe he went into anti-stall or something or just couldn't get any traction because it cost Lando big time because he was so close to slamming into the back of Verstappen because the Red Bulls were just, you know, fighting on, on that corner. Absolutely. Let's let's move to that question from Juan Pablo SF1. If Norris didn't get compromised into turn three, would he have finished in the top two? No. There, that, there wasn't the pace there, I don't think, for Lando to to necessarily finish in the top two. I think he probably could have... Got third, maybe. Yeah, could have been fighting Signs. Yeah, Signs was really good. But it was such a shame because that moment, that turn, I was like, oh my God, Norris is just going to cut back and take the lead. Then he just got stuck. I actually think we joked about this a lot on the uh, Matt P1 Tommy Twitch watch-alongs about Lando constantly doing the karting line. (laughs) Like, there was no other line that that man was going to take than the karting line. But the problem is, because obviously in his head, he's like, let's do karting line. It's it's raining. It's karting line time. The karting line at turn three, there was two Red Bulls fighting each other. So he got stuck behind it. So he committed to that outside line. If he hadn't, 
I'm just saying, I reckon he could have led out of that, out of turn yeah. three. And then there was the moment where we're like, wait, is Hulkenberg going to lead? Because he got a great run and obviously ended up in P2. But yeah, it was a shame for Norris because after that, he was screwed and was just stuck battling. And you just lose a lot of time, don't you? You've got no DRS. You have yeah. to have a huge amount of time over your opponent or a mistake uh, from in front to, to get through. It showed how much time you are losing, actually, in, in something like that. Uh, yeah, the, the fact that uh, Lando, you know, we're questioning, could he finish in the top two? Maybe he'd have been on the pace of Perez because Perez was so far back uh, on Max. He'd have had to maybe challenge Perez or, you know, he'd been around science, I reckon. But it just shows that when you are in the back of the pack, so hard to pass, particularly because uh, DRS wasn't enabled for a long time because it was, uh, you know, too wet. Uh, and he was just um, battling that unbelievable, has to be said, probably one of the fights of the year, Ocon, uh, Leclerc and Norris, just brilliant, respectful, great driving from all of them to, you know, even, even stuff like we said on the watch along, Charles Leclerc knew exactly what Norris was doing always sending it around the outside of every corner and he anticipated it you know sent it in then Ocon did it later it was absolutely brilliant between those three really really good it was so good I actually don't remember a better three car battle in, in a, a very time. long yeah. time like, that was so good the, the you know they were on a knife's edge the entire time and it was just brilliant to watch because they were almost they were learning as they went about you know where was the quicker line obviously there is a understanding that off the racing line is quicker but not necessarily all the time you know Ocon stuck it on the racing line then drifted off off the racing line to keep the position uh is that through what corner is that is that, i feel like that's like nicky louder corner or something or is that the left yeah i think I don't so know, the double left hander it's in the middle sector it's in the middle sector that that double left hander anyway um but yeah just absolutely fantastic to watch ryan reynolds here from Mint mobile with the price of just about everything going up during inflation we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Another driver fantastic to watch was Nico Hulkenberg. And a question from at Pekorni Vocha. Should Hulkenberg have stayed on Inters or was it the right call? Well, it makes perfect sense at the time. I think a lot of people questioned it. We thought, ah, is it a little bit too late? But Haas nailed it. I think to the absolute T, they got the right lap to pit for dries. I won't talk about you know how Ferrari pitted with five laps to go for Charles Leclerc. That was a fantastic choice. Um... But Hulkenberg went a few laps earlier, went on to the mediums. Obviously, must be to do with tyre allocation as to why they went on to, to fresh mediums. Um, but yeah, made it made it work beautifully. He um, he sighed through the field, got Ocon um, and Norris, wasn't it? Oh, but then Norris pit, didn't he? Who was it? He, he got Ocon no, no, and someone. No, he got Ocon and Russell at the end. Russell. That uh, was no, it. sorry, no, Russell, Russell was on, Russell was on soft. No, it was Ocon and Norris because Norris hadn't pitted. Yeah, N yes, Norris was on was, And then Norris pit, yeah, uh, which was, yeah. No, he didn't pit. <laughs> Norris didn't pit. Norris didn't pit. Okay. Neither did no, Ocon. So Those two much were battling. Went on. He, I know. I feel like we've there's so much going on that that we've had 
an insane amount happening in a 24 lap sprint race yeah, it's, our it's brains crazy. haven't switched on to the fact they were pit stops in a sprint race like and just <laughs> loads of battling i feel like we've seen like yeah. the better entertainment just all the entertainment that we've been hoping for all season just condensed into that sprint race of just amazing battles changeable yeah. conditions strategy oh it was epic and holkenberg's race um didn't actually clock that he got the fastest lap as well, but I guess it makes sense because he was flying through the field on on quicker tyres. But Hulkenberg's race, do you not think, just reminded you of like a F1 game or like F1 manager scenario mode or something where you have to pit and it's like the exact it's the exact amount where he's flown through the field and ended up exactly where he was before. One more lap, he'd have got Stroll and Alonso easily. Easily. Um, easily. And it would have been a worldie. And then dare i say couple more laps the way he was going it was five seconds a lap quicker yeah two maybe two, two, two laps, more yeah. laps he'd have been he'd have been on science and perez um two or three more laps which that would have been pete Holkenberg. and then tommy's like ideal scenario six more laps he'd been on the back of verstappen <laughs> <laughs> yeah but i guess that's why because you know it's all right saying that but that's why people didn't risk it because yeah it was so borderline and it was one of those things that it's hard to be it's exactly that kind of strategy where you look like a hero when it goes right and an idiot when it goes wrong, but you can't be too harsh on them because sometimes it pays off, sometimes it, it can look really bad. Um, but yeah, Hulkenberg really thought he was going to end up uh, getting a P3 and then not counting as a real podium and all this kind of stuff, but it didn't happen in the end. But still a really, really good and fun drive from him and just showing that he's got skills. Got skills to pay the bills. Um, so do you think Hulkenberg should have stayed out or are you happy with the decision for them to oh, go on drive? Oh, absolutely the right call. Sorry, yeah, because yeah. he was falling off like a uh, falling off a cliff or yeah, something he, with those incidents he, at the end. He'd have, been, he'd have ended up behind yeah, Ocon and, and Norris who was battling yeah. and he actually ended up beating them by five and a half seconds. So it's definitely the right call. Crazy. Yeah. Uh, let's now talk about Alex Albon because I've got a bone to pick with them. Uh, the question from Opolan Ma. Would Albon have scored points if Williams left him out? I think so. He was ahead of Ocon, and he was the 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 hype train conductor uh, of this particular crazy battle. Now, Williams may have seen the fact that you know there's a bit of tire wear going on. Potentially, he's going to fall back behind Ocon and Norris. But there was another eight seconds back to Hamilton. Although, to be fair points are to the top eight so let's let's talk about russell he definitely would have been at least in the fight whereas they they pit him maybe on the same lap as ferrari i want to say in leclerc i think so yeah and it later just, on just didn't make sense because he, he he didn't even get in the top 11 like he was nowhere yeah he was too late to actually do it and then it just didn't make sense uh really you know you, you it is like i said earlier it's a tough one because you look an idiot if it goes wrong and you look absolutely incredible like a house if it pays off because i remember thinking oh my god why have they pit hulkenberg that seems a bit crazy but i guess he is falling off a cliff and he's gonna drop out the top eight so you just run that risk but we've seen williams before like you say that they're really hard to pass Albon mm. Albon loves getting a drs train and being the conductor like you say so maybe he could have hung on uh, and because you're pitting later than everyone as well, you're also losing positions to them. So it was never going to work. Like you're never going to get those 
uh, past those dry runners like Russell and Hamilton or whatever that pitted earlier. So yeah. you're never going to get them. So yeah, it didn't really make uh, sense at that point in Williams' race, especially when you know points are only there to eighth and you're running in the top eight and you've had other people doing dry, uh, pitting for dry tires. You just have to take the risk and just, if he falls off, he finishes 12th. But exactly what happened was, even if they pitted for dries, he's he's out the top 10. Yeah, it was a strange strategy considering that is the whole Williams ethos at the moment is do really well in qualifying and then hold on for <laughs> hold dear life. Yeah. But then they're giving it up with five, six laps to go was, was a strange call uh, and one mm. I'm sure they'll probably um, uh, regret. I want to shout out George Russell, to be fair. He was one of the first drivers to make the gamble uh went onto the soft tires and ended up scoring a point in the end and missed out on on seventh by nine thousandths of a second as they came over the line um but yeah george had a, a great drive didn't he after that gamble he did yeah yeah good good drive from from russell to to get p8 to say that you know mercedes what were they 15th and 18th they started i think uh miles down uh, and it just showed that uh the gamble paid off and they're in that situation where they had nothing to lose because the sprint race only offers to the top eight. They were, for some reason, battling Magnussen lap after lap at the start and just thought, let's go for it. And uh, it worked very well. Uh, Russell, <laughs> Russell, in fact, yeah, I, I've just seen the, the gaps. Russell was so close to getting P7 as well. And it's only one extra point, but it was incredibly exciting finish with Ocon uh, going side by side across the line. Certainly was. Uh, let's now talk about two drivers we hoped were going to go side by side, but didn't really. Uh, Alonso versus Stroll. Question from Big underscore T Sutz. Do you think that Alonso is actually making Stroll a better driver? That battle towards the end was probably the best racing Stroll has done. I think this is getting a little bit on the um, generous side. I think Stroll did have a very good sprint, finished P4, can be very happy with himself. To say that Alonso is making him a better driver, I don't. I, I, I'm not sure about that one so much. It he has had great performances in the past. It's not like he's been terrible and then slowly but surely got better. And are we scoring sort of points in an Aston Martin? Well done. Like he's had podiums in the past. He's had a pole position in the past. It's not like he's, yeah, as I say, always been on the the increase. If anything, he's declined massively and then maybe showing signs of potential again. I, don't, I wouldn't say that's down to Alonso. I think it's just... No, because we were you know, talking literally last week about Alonso. You know, we were having conversations about could Lawrence uh, Stroll drop his own son because of mm. how well Fernando's doing. So you can't really claim that Alonso's helping uh, Lance's career. If anything, he's put a lot of pressure on him, but fair play to Lance. Had a, had a good race and did look like Alonso, unlike uh, Spain where he sat behind him and kind of made it clear. It did look like Alonso was genuinely really trying to go for it, but obviously with it, the there back was of, measuredness there, with there it. Was, from there it, was there the, in the back of his mind, you know, if that's Alpine, yeah, if he's back at Alpine and Esteban Ocon, he's absolutely sending it. But because, he, <laughs> because on his Perez. dad, yeah, exactly, because his dad pays his, his wage, um, he's probably thinking better of it. And uh, yeah, Alonso's got to wait at least one year before he burns his bridge with his team. <laughs> love it absolutely love it and finally I've now I don't think we've ever had so many questions about different drivers especially from a sprint this comes mm. in from at BTO131 how did Carlos manage to secure third they never really showed him but Charles was slipping and sliding on both tyres 
Carlos Sainz this weekend has been absolutely phenomenal, in my opinion. He's done an incredible job. Uh, the way in which he drove in that sprint as well to only finish a couple of seconds off Perez in the Red Bull shows that he's taking steps forward personally. Charles, it, it hurts me to say, but he's not had a very good run of form recently. Yes, he's had a good qualifying into tomorrow and perhaps he'll win the race. And then I'll say delete yesterday's podcast. However, right now... Carlos looks like he's got the measure of him uh, and some at the moment. Usually you expect Charles to, to be pretty good in qualifying, you know, maybe slightly changeable conditions, whatever. But no, he was pretty washed in, in, in quali, I'd say, uh, earlier today. And then in the race, he just couldn't seem to get in the groove. It, it, yeah. it just it seemed like he was constantly struggling at one point he was trying to get through an Ocon. Then he was losing to Lando Norris. And yeah, it just, it just hasn't been working out for him at the moment. Yeah, and Carlos had you know, a quite clean race where he didn't have a lot of battling, whereas, you know, Charles was, like you say, battling had constant people well. and he had the penalty. But Carlos has been really, really good this weekend. Um, yeah, he, he has looked like you're just waiting for that one weekend where, you know, he really does have the measure of Charles. And obviously we go into tomorrow where Charles did uh, beat him in qualifying thanks to realistically an unbelievable final two corners where he just went absolutely going for it and still uh, lost time crazy to Max. and still somehow <laughs> lost time but um yeah carlos uh i think we've got to give him uh some credit because uh he's turned that turned that ferrari form around and he is looking like he can be there with leclerc now uh and if not uh you know beating him uh in the pace which looked impossible like last year um you know even when he won that race at silverstone we we're going well it was kind of a bit of a lucky fortunate win because they screwed charles strategy but science is actually just doing a really good job at the moment so fair play to him and please do well tomorrow so i can cash in bigger surprise as well thank you very much <laughs> you're unbelievable you are well both of us we need to both cash a podium yeah. so that'll be interesting to see how that goes down and that is it thank you so much uh, for watching or listening uh, to this Matt one Tommy content uh, what are your final thoughts Mr Bellingham uh, I've just realised that my uh, prediction for the race was bang on uh, what the sprint was so I'll be uh, absolutely begging for half a point and please say in the chat uh, in the chat sorry in the comments in the chat say, we're not live <laughs> so used to twitch <laughs> we have so many twitch things this weekend because yeah. of uh, for the new sprint format but uh, no final thoughts are just um, F1 learn from this banging sprint race and what we need to you know throw a bit of spice into the mix because um, it was really really enjoyable um, and please be a good race tomorrow yeah, it's a nice bit of seasoning, but it wasn't over the top. You know what I mean? Right, that is it. Thank you, everybody, for watching and listening. And we'll see you very soon for another piece of content. We'll be live tomorrow mm. on Matt P1 Tommy Twitch for the race. So come and join us then. And, of course, we'll have our post-race content as always. And we'll see you very soon for another thingy. Because I've already said content, so I'm going to say thingy this time. Bye! Bye! Tom <laughs> P1 is a stack production and part of the ACAST Creator Network.